This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse. 97.7 97.7 and 100.1 FM, 1200 AM, 1440 AM. You can also catch us on ESPNSyracuse.com, where you can also find our podcast there, or wherever you get your podcast. It doesn't really matter where you get it. Uh, just type in ESPN Syracuse and look for players only. Today is our first show of 2023. Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk we make it this far? Yep. But here we are, and... You know, there was a lot of high school sports that went around uh, this past couple of weeks. A lot of holiday tournaments took place. Um, so there's no shortage of action uh, in high school sports this week. But we first start off with boys basketball. And you and I had talked about this earlier in the day, Ryan, before we got on the air. Uh, the biggest game of the week, you said, was Chittenango against West Hill. Yep, that took place early last week. Probably a preview of the Class B uh, championship game this upcoming sectionals. Yeah, and <clears throat> it was kind of interesting to uh, it, when you point that out because they did meet in last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chenango ended up winning the whole thing. Um, but this game, it was tight throughout. Yep. Uh, but until you got to the fourth quarter, Chenango ends up winning 68-54. But again, don't let that score fool you. I mean, it was tight. Both teams scored 15 points in the second quarter. I mean, the lead never really got past two points mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Uh, but up until the fourth quarter when Shenango finally pulled away, winning that fourth quarter 23-12. to 12, uh, And then you look at the stats in this game. Holy mackerel. Shenango had three players in double figures. Three. 28 points from Alex Moshe alone. 17 points from Ryan Mosh. So the Mosh brothers combined for 45 points between the two of them. Tyrus Kelly added 15 and six rebounds. Um, you know, Chenango was having a great day on the court. So was West Hill, too. They also had three and double figures. Uh, Luke Gilmartin, 18 points. Omar Robinson, 13 points. Sean Mays, 12 points. So this was a great game played by all. And again, don't let that score fool you. This game could have been a lot worse than, uh, a lot better, I should say, than it, uh, than it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a tight game throughout, through at least the first three quarters until Chenango pulled away. Um, I expect uh, if they do meet again later this season, which I don't think they do. No, they play on the 24th of oh, the month, do. actually. So, so yeah. yeah, not even two weeks later, they'll play again. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this this could be a preview of what we could see in the Section 3 tournament because now it's crunch time. It's the opposite side of the winter calendar. Yep. People, you know, teams are going to be gearing for the playoffs here. That'll begin in less than a month or so. You know, actually a little bit more than a month. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's getting down to crunch time, literally. Yeah, and Chenango with this win has really reasserted themselves as the top dog in Class B because... Heading into this game, West Hill was undefeated. Janango had that one mm. loss. And um, and again, this is West Hill's first loss of the season. They have four fantastic players with Sean Mays, Omar Robinson, Cam Langdon, as well as Luke Gilmartin. 
But in order for West Hill to really succeed, they need Sean Mays to be that primary scorer with players like Luke Gilmartin being the facilitator for him. And in this game, Sean Mays really wasn't able to be as explosive as he normally is, only had 12 points. And I think that's why Chenango got the win, as well as Alex Besh really stepping back up after he had kind of a slower start to the season. Uh, 28 and 9 in this game really shows how much he was really able to put this Chenango team on his back, uh, bring them to victory here. And uh, this, if you. If you're looking at the power rankings for Class B, Chinango becomes that 1A team again, but West Hill is still right behind them as that 1B or number 2. Yeah, West Hill, by the way, um, just looking at some of the... Oh, wait, this was from 1920. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the 1920 stats. Oh, God. Um, let's see. I was trying to pull it up here. Um, well, yeah, here we go. Uh, so Chinango is now 4th. Uh, in Class B, at least in the Section 3 rankings. Mm -hmm. Uh, West Hill is still on top, um, if you can believe it. Um, So they're still within the top four. Um, And and you look at where they're at right now. This is going to be a a, a fun playoff that it's going to be. Um, Again, these two teams... I definitely say they're the top, but you also got to watch out for Central Valley Academy and Lowellville. Oh, that's true. They're actually tied for second right now in the Class B rankings, even though Central Valley Academy is still unbeaten mm-hmm. at nine and zero. I'd watch out for them if I, you know, if I was Chenango or West Hill, I I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't be sitting on this at all. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I think um, the difference between those teams is CVA really hasn't played as much elite competition. Mm-hmm. They've had some tough games, but outside of maybe West Canada Valley, they haven't seen as much like a type of team as good as Marcellus or um, one of those two teams like um, Janango and West Hill have. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for their game against New Hartford on the 17th to really prove whether or not uh, CVA is for real. Yeah, Um and, and and you look at Central Valley Academy right now, and they've got the talent. Oh, they got they've got great talent. They got a good matchup coming up uh, against Whitesboro mm-hmm. uh, uh, this this week. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, they're playing today. Yeah. Um, Seven <laughs> o'clock tonight. Back. Seven o'clock game tonight, and then Monday Monday against Holland Patton in a Class B game. Um, yeah, I. I they need to see some tough competition. I'm actually looking forward to their game against Whitesboro because Whitesboro, they're they're a team that can really they can they can play it tough. Mm-hmm. And you know Whitesboro is a really good team. They're in Class A. You expect them to be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, game right there. Yeah, but also I guess another game that you want to circle on the calendar for Central Valley Academy, they're going up against Rome Free Academy, a Double A school. Yep. On January twenty seventh, I I'd circle that game because if they could beat Rome Free Academy, they could beat anybody. Yep. Um. So that's something really to keep an eye on, uh, for that as well. Another game, uh, that we talked about earlier before the show was Homer against On Tech. Yep. Uh, Onondaga County Tech School making their first appearance. I think you told me. Yeah, first uh, appearance. First section section three? three game in um. Yeah, first Section 3 game for On Tech uh, as the newest member of mm-hmm. the City of Syracuse schools. Yep, and uh, they they lost to Homer, 76-47. I mean, Homer's not doing too good as well. They're 2-6 and six on the year. Um, but you actually look, we actually got some stats for On Tech. They had two players in double figures. Uh, Messiah Edwards, 19 points. With Jay- six three-pointers. 
And six threes. Yeah. Man. Uh, Ten points for Jane and Cooper as well. Uh, Messiah Holloman added seven for them. Not bad when you think about it. They got some good players on that team. Uh, Homer was led, had three players at double figures. Evan Butts had 20. Wyatt Wilbur, 15. Mitchell Earl, 14. Plus 11 assists. He was one rebound away from a triple-double, by the way. Yeah. Mitchell Earl. Wow. He's probably wishing, like, oh, if I just... Ah, that one more rebound. That one time. That one rebound. Come on. I mean, he's apparently doing better than Syracuse's forwards on the rebound uh, category. Whoops. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Coach Bam's going to be after me for that. Um, But, you know, I think for on tech, yeah, they actually play their second game. They're 0-2 now. Um, We don't know much in terms of who they got left on the schedule. But you have to admit, I mean, Homer's a pretty good team, despite being two and six on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Homer outscored twenty-two to six in that second quarter, and then just pulled away from there. Um, but give credit to Antac. I mean, they got some good players on this team. Um, again, th- there's some growing pains, but that's bound to happen. I, I think Antac put up a good fight despite the score. Yeah, and I really think in they did. A few did. years, once they really are able to de- start developing their talent, that's when this team's going to be able to start competing with the teams like uh, Syracuse Ac- or Science Academy of Syracuse and all those other schools that really are like the ITCs of Syracuse, mm-hmm. where they're able to start uh, really competing with those schools. Yeah, uh, and you know, give it time mm-hmm. um, for Homer. Again, this is this is a game like. Mm, yeah, we, we took care of business, but still, there's a long way to go for them. Um, though they they lost their first six games in a row, Homer has, mm-hmm. uh, and then winning their last two, uh, including a big one, I think, on the road at Solve. That was a huge win. Yep. Um, they actually got back for a loss earlier that month. Um, but you look at the rest of Homer's schedule, a lot of there's some winnable games on here. Mm-hmm. There, there really is. I mean, the West Hill game on January 14th, that might be a tough stretch, yep. but um, they they got some winnable games. Marcellus is not doing too well. Hannibal uh, can be a decent team some days, not as much. Uh, a rescheduled game with Casanova from uh, December 15th is on there as well. Um, and then they close out the season at, uh, at home against Fowler on February 13th. They got a chance to turn things around. Mm-hmm. They really do. Definitely. Um, will they make the postseason? Iffy, yep. I, I think. Um, but I won't, I want to count Homer out just yet. I mean, again, they're only like two wins away from turning things around. As long as you win 40% of your games, you're going to be in the Section 3 tournament. Yep. So they can do it. I, I really think they can. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at some of the standings right now, um, I think one of the big things you have to keep an eye on in AA, West Genesee is on top right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one. Yep, yeah. but Liverpool's right behind them, and they've only played five games. Yeah, those two are probably the top dog of Class AA. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to separate it into almost tiers, you see how uh, Jenny and Liverpool takes up the top two, and then right behind them you've got the teams like CNS, CBA, FM, uh, Nottingham, where it's just they're right below it. They can beat one of those teams, but they're not nearly as consistent, mm-hmm. and that's what it comes down to in AA. Yeah, also keep an eye on Cicero North Syracuse. They're still playing really well mm-hmm. uh, in AA. Christian Brothers Academy as well. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of good teams. 
really, there's only two teams right now that are in danger of not making the postseason right now. That's Bishop Ludden and Fowler. Yep. Those are really the only two teams. Well, and Henniger with their two and eight. Well, record. no, Henniger right now is currently qualified. They're two and they six. Are, yep. Um, but yeah, they they've currently qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, Class A, sort of the same thing. Yep. Really, uh, Indian River and Oswego, the two teams, uh, and ESM as well. Surprisingly, yep. ESM is ninth, and yet they're not looking to qualify right now. That's kind of interesting. Bishop Grimes is definitely the uh, <clears throat> Bishop Grimes and New Hartford. I'd say are the top two there. Grimes, well, only one loss on the season. Mm-hmm. That's really just something that they they're standing ahead of the competition right now. Sorry, two losses because they lost to West Hill right. earlier this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Hartford right now is sixth in Class A mm-hmm. uh, at four and three, uh, but Syracuse Academy of Science is doing really well, yeah. really well. Uh, Central Square surprisingly and Fulton in the top four right now. Yep. Um, so Class A is full of surprises right now. We sort of talked about Class B a little bit. Uh, Class C, real quick, Waterville, Little Falls, uh, and Dodgeville, the top three there. Yep. Um, I, 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 but a lot of teams in Class C are, are going to make the postseason right now if the season ended today. Um, but Sherburne Irville could turn things around. They played 12 games. They're 3-9, and nine, but they could turn things around. Cato as well, 2-6. and six. EPW by um is zero and nine yeah, right so now. They so, need something to happen. Yeah, soon. They need yeah. Something. Waterville definitely looks like the number one team in yeah. Class C. They've been that all season, and I mean Tyson Maxim has the argument for the maybe even the best player in all mm-hmm. of Section Three with his scoring. So yeah, Waterville is definitely the number one team so far in C. Yep, and then finally in Class D, real quick: Hamilton, Sackets Harbor, uh, Fabius Pompey, even Madison. Those are your top four. Um, McGraw and Oriskany doing pretty well. West Canada Valley, we mentioned before, they're still doing pretty good. Um, some teams in danger of not uh, qualifying: Lafargeville yep. at two and eight, kind of surprising there. They usually have a good team. Poland, last year's, uh, I believe, runners up in Section Three Class D. Although I could be wrong, they're one and seven on the year this year. Mm-hmm. Wow, it took a um, took a little bit of a tumble there. Um, Cincinnatus, Modern Day Academy, um, they're also in danger. Although Modern Day has only played two games, surprisingly. But, um, yeah, it, it's shaping up to be pretty good as we're getting into crunch time. Yeah, you can't count out West Canada Valley. But, oh, no. Um, you, you see a lot of really good teams here in Class D. It's going to be interesting to see which one of these teams pulls away mm-hmm. towards the end of the season. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we will have Rick and Lisa join us. We're going to talk about... a pretty serious subject and one that's not talked about much uh, in high school sports and that's mental health Um, so you really don't want to miss this more players only when we come back presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 100.1 players only presented by Point Guard Advisors a show about high school sports by high school students Sunday mornings 8 to 9 ESPN 97.7 and 100.1 this is players only a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1 FM. We're now joined by Rick and Lisa. Uh, getting ready to talk about, a, a, again, a serious subject that normally is not talked about much, about mental health in high school sports. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So l- let's get right down to business here. Um, mental health is a huge issue 
in uh, high school sports in particular. Um, so I, I guess let's just start off with what are some of the challenges that high school students face uh, in terms of mental health and sports? I think it's not just sports. I think that there's a huge struggle right now in all areas for our high school students. Okay. So um, I did uh, retreats with kids the past four years. So it was pre COVID and then after COVID and asked them, what does it feel like when they walk through the door of their high school? And the answers that I received blew me away because um, when I went to high school, it was fun Mm -hmm. and I looked forward to seeing my friends and, what they said was when they walk through the doors of their high school, they feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, tired, overworked, sad, exhausted, and scared. So if that didn't break my heart right there mm. every time I heard it and, it, and it was reoccurring year after year. So I started to dig deep, and um, the reason that Rick and I got together was we saw a pattern I lost two students to suicide within six weeks of each other from two different high schools they were in college at the time uh, bright beautiful athletic captains of the sports presidents of the fraternities everything you could dream of for your child they had and something happened that they did a permanent solution to a temporary problem they weren't able to ask for help Um, they weren't able to tell anybody how they were feeling and it resonated in me so much that I, uh, left the job I was at and wanted to start doing something to help. So Rick and I met and I'll let Rick chime in here. Yeah. Well, good morning. Uh, it is kind of a unique story because uh, I had owned a business, right here in in Syracuse for over 30 years, working with a lot of executives. And it was on a lot of communications and sales and management training. And the coaching was always involved with not just behaviors or give me some more techniques or skills. It always was directed to mindset. It was always directed to the attitude of that executive, all right? And these executives or these sales folks or these managers or these leaders, all right, they were suffering from anxiety. They were suffering from depressed feelings. They were suffering from, you know, maybe some of the the suicide ideation, not just uh, on their own, uh, but also with the folks that they were managing and the folks that were on their teams. I left that a couple of years ago, and how how Lisa and I hooked up was, uh, it was almost like a calling, and this is now a vocation for Lisa and I, to where... What is next in this world for me to have an impact on people like I did executives? I coached for 10 years uh, basketball, right from grammar school all the way up to uh, the high school level, had my own travel team. And I will tell you, I, I, I witnessed a lot of depression and, and anxiety from my players there. Just like any other parent, the only thing you want your kids to do is like themselves, believe in themselves, and have some fun. Well, that is few and far between right now. And Lisa is on this mission. I was connected uh, to Lisa by her brother because she found out I was on this mission. And our goal right now and our whole drive 
is to go make a difference for that one or two students or that one or two even teachers, all right, to identify the signs that they might be struggling in a, in, in a manner that, that might not, uh, I guess, have them as productive as they want to be and now provide the tools or give them the support. And the, the saying we have, Lisa, please share that as far as the circle. I think that's really important. So what we are hoping and challenging our coaches and our administrators and teachers and parents is to create a circle of protection so that students and athletes and musical athletes and drama, whatever students are into, that they have someone that they trust that they can go to and say, I am not feeling right. Mm-hmm. I am not doing well and I need some help and what's happening is instead of reaching out to an adult students are reaching out to their friends so now you have the student who's in distress who's on the phone with their friend and these kids are on the phone Mm -hmm. for two three four hours all night two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning so now you have another child involved who's getting no sleep who doesn't know what to do so we really just want to lay a path so that students understand from their mentors, teachers, coaches, that there is somewhere to go. And it's so important. And, and this is a sports show, so I'm just going to throw some stats at you <laughs> to understand, right, <laughs> where we are. And um, these stats come from um, the American Pediatric Association, and it's 2022. One in five students or children ages 9 to 17 have a diagnosed mental health condition. Mm -hmm. One in three high school students said that since COVID, they feel unhappy or depressed. And one in three high school students said that they did not feel connected to their school, to adults, or to the peers in their school. So who do they go to? They, They go to each other, really go to each other and uh they're not equipped their friends are not equipped to handle mm. this and if they're lucky their friend will tell their parent who will reach out to a parent mm. but in a lot of cases that doesn't happen um so we're just trying to and a lot of it's social emotional learning which a lot of schools are, are already on with social and emotional learning it's really about self-awareness and self-management and responsible decision making social awareness and relationship skills, right? You would think that that would just be in your teaching right. anyways, right? Um, but I think that we've gotten a little off track, at least since I was a teacher. I used to teach at CBA. Mm-hmm. If something happened, Ryan, with you, when you came into my classroom, I didn't teach English that day. Yeah. We were talking about what happened and how we're going to solve this problem. And I think that Teachers are under so much pressure that it's a numbers game and it's a rankings game that sometimes we forget about these little human beings. And really, do we want them to have, you know, a 99 average or do we want them to be good, happy, and purposeful humans in the world? And and we've kind of gone off track. So Rick and I are trying to get people back on track again to Mm -hmm. help students. Yeah, and... You look at, I know you talked about how these uh, high school students have a lot of things on their plate when it comes to uh, academics, athletics, just all these different activities. 
how are they supposed to balance the stress that comes along with both of those, especially for the, the student athletes who maybe sometimes play one, two, even three sports? Ryan, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't do it. I know how stressed I feel when I have a lot of things on my plate. Uh, and I think that, that we're missing that. You know, no, these, we're not superheroes in high school. We're, mm-hmm. we're, you know, everybody's trying, on top of all the high school stuff that happens, uh, they just did a, ran a story on Channel 9 News about Emily Schultz from West Genesee, who was a high school basketball player. And she got hurt. She hurt her neck. So here's a kid who hurt her neck. She's feeling down. She can't play. And on top of that, she's being bullied at school by other students telling her that she has no purpose in being there and she shouldn't be living. Okay? Wow. Wow. So you got a kid in school. She's sports. She has an injury. And now she's having her peers Mm -hmm. say things like that to her. Um, And I have to give a big shout out to the counselors there because she obviously did feel comfortable talking to someone. Yeah. And and this is social emotional learning, right? It, it was it's a great example because what they did was they went to the business teacher and they're making these great T-shirts that have butterflies and the colors of what depression and anxiety are. So they took a really um, difficult situation and they're doing something purposeful about it, and it doesn't take a lot of time or effort to do that. Mm. And that's what we're hoping to hand over to coaches and teachers and mentors. And Ryan, you know, it's a good question you ask is how do, uh, how does a high school student deal with everything that's on their plate? All right. And we see a lot of times that their identity, okay, or what they believe their identity is, is coming right through that they're a good ball player, good hoop player, a good baseball player, a great volleyball player, a great musician, whatever it might be. Okay. Good academically. And that, that's, that's, that, that's all well and good, but what we want to do is get to the root, mm-hmm. all right, to where that's not as, you know, that is less important than how you feel about yourself from the skin in, all right? We're yeah. talking about, and you know, we've referred to the program that we put on for folks as the COVID comeback, all right? And, and, and then a little, uh, another saying, full esteem ahead. Okay, really relating to the esteem of allowing kids to actually believe more in themselves, um, actually, uh, you know, have some self-worth, have some self-image to where when they do mess up maybe in sports, which they may or may not think they do, all right, that that does not make them a bad person. Does that not make them a bad teammate? Does that make them a bad friend or a son or a daughter, whatever it might be? Okay, that's just part of it, but you have to separate all those roles that you're talking about, roles and all the responsibilities from how these kids feel at the pit of their bellies in their own belief system in themselves. Right now, all right, especially when I was even coaching for 10 years, you have kids that come from great families, are great kids. Uh, super talented in a lot of different areas. And guess where their self-esteem is right now? Uh, you know, uh, what we're saying. Their self-esteem esteem is as low as it's ever been. And you would be amazed because you would think, geez, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your self-esteem? How do you feel about yourself to a great athlete? And you know what the numbers we're hearing? Four, five, six, where you're blown away by it, thinking, son of a gun, what is the reason for that? 
Is the reason for that is then oh, has COVID had an, an impact? Absolutely. All right. COVID has really encouraged people to even become more isolated than they once were. Okay. COVID also has gotten in the way of allowing kids, all right, high school athletes, even college athletes, all right, at this point, uh, get in their own way, all right, and not maximize the God-given abilities that they have because of that. And it's all their belief system. Yeah. And, and you know, I just want to jump on your yeah, bandwagon please. here a second, Rick. <laughs> I'm just thinking the kids now that are juniors and seniors, right, that they're the captains of the teams and they're the leaders, they didn't have anyone to look up to because it was during COVID. So they didn't have those older kids to watch. So these kids are kind of out there now on their own. And if they don't have coaches, assistant coaches, mentors helping them to be able to help the younger kids, it's not happening. Yeah. Okay, we missed two years of that. Mm-hmm. In the communication skills now, okay, that the kids have, definitely has their lessening as far as kids don't know how to communicate more effectively, just not with their own feelings, but also their friends' feelings, mm-hmm. all right? And so we're trying to get to a way where how do we get them to believe more in themselves yeah. one way or the other mm-hmm. and allow people, allow them, all right, to share their stories and make sure that no one else in, in, their, in their peer group, in their friend group, amongst their team, all right, that they suffer from any of these symptoms at this particular point that are holding them back from success. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll be talking more with uh, Rick and Lisa right after this. Um, you definitely don't want to miss this at all. I mean, this has just been great to talk about. So we'll be right back with more Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1 FM. Uh, we're here with Rick and Lisa here for uh, another segment or so. And uh, so we talk mostly about the problems that these student athletes have faced in regards to mental health. We sort of touched a little bit on the solutions earlier. But now let's let's go into more in depth. I've actually found out that uh, the NCAA has um, allowed college sports programs to add therapists to their athletic departments uh, and to screen players for anxiety, depression, and 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 training staff on how to detect warning signs of all this mental health. Should we have something similar in a high school sense? I I think that that is not a bad idea at all. Uh, your your team is only as good as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. It really is. So if um, if you are a coach who is taking time out to check in on your players, if you know the community outside of just your team, right? So Ryan, uh, well, gee, I, Ryan's grandmother just died, or you know something mm-hmm. yeah, just happened in Ryan's yep. family. I I gotta be a little more on that. I have to have the team support him. And I think that when you look at it as a team mentality, instead of looking at the five, six, seven, or eight star players that you have on your team, it raises everyone, right? Because if you're not playing, but you have a good coach and a supportive team, mm-hmm. you're going to do everything in your power 
to make sure that your team is successful and that the, your teammates are supported. But if you're not doing that as a coach and you're not teaching your players to be supportive like that, then I don't care if you go 11 and 0. Mm-hmm. You are not a winner. You know, the root of the problem is not just with the kids. It's with the teachers and or the coaches, all right? that We, we all live uh, by this whole saying, and I'm not even sure if it even applies right now. When the going gets tough, the tough what, okay? The tough get going. Baloney. You know what's, you know what's happened with that right now? Kids, the tough get uh, very anxious. They're anxiety-ridden. They get depressed. And when a, ch- when, when a kid or a coach is even in that state, they cannot perform even close to their their potential at this particular point. So as far as the solutions, the solutions will come from the teachers, the counselors, the coaches, as far as allowing them to be motivated on their own to pick up on different tools that they can use to identify when a player's going through a tough time or when a player is you know, maybe isolating themselves or a player maybe isn't playing as well for some reason. And you know what? So go the extra mile. Try to figure out and communicate with that particular player and then have tools to teach that player. All right? There's a simple uh, concept in sports to where, guess what? You're only, you're only as good as, as how much you believe in yourself. All right? And with any kind of coach or any kind of team, everyone says, well, we got to practice longer. we got to practice harder. All right? And you can scream and everything else. You know what? You know, all that is, is all well and good, but you know what you need to do? What well, we believe you, uh, that coaches and teachers need to do to work on allowing these kids to elevate their belief systems in themselves mm-hmm. with a couple of simple concepts and actually talk about that and make that part of the team. You yeah. get kids believing in themselves just a little bit more, okay, in a team concept, you are your team is going to be a higher performing team than if you don't do that do it that way so it's the it's it's really not just we don't want to put more pressure on the kids but we want to put it on the teachers the coaches and the counselors not put pressure just encourage them to use some of the tools that are out there to communicate more effectively yeah i mean it's easy to be you know loose and not stressed when a player is playing well but how can they avoid that stress when they're having a rough game, when they're at their lowest of moments, maybe after a tough loss or towards the end of a tough loss? How do they pick themselves up from really just that pitfall right there? That's where the, the coaches and hopefully your teammates mm-hmm. are there to help you. Um, you know, I think if we look on a large scale, look what happened in Buffalo last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. We saw DeMar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. really take an injury that was unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at first it was so scary. And watching the both teams, their faces, and the concern, um, and the coach who said, you know, wasn't thinking about the game. Mm-hmm. I think at first there were some players out there going to warm up, which was kind of the norm, but it, that wasn't going to happen. And and Twitter, of all places, I, I find that an evil place sometimes, mm-hmm. was all about we're not playing this game. So when I watched that a professional team could see what the, the important thing was, you know, um, you have to bring that down to the high school level. And 
uh, I think it is. It's celebrating successes outside. It's it's also being a support system. Um, I think that little regular meetings uh, before and after practice. You know, I know like CBA, Ryan, where you go, you guys, a lot of the sporting teams, and, and, and in other schools too, they do services, right? So mm-hmm. you're going to the Samaritan Center and you're serving to uh, the marginalized people in the community. And that's great if you're taking that time and then you're talking about it after and it's not just a photo op to put up on the brother's, you know, Facebook page. Yeah. You know, what what is the real reason that you do these things? Well, they're they're to build your team up. And when you build your team up, then you're creating trust and you're creating that circle of protection. And those are the things that you do. You have to know your players, where they're coming from, the communities that they're in, what's going on. Um, and I guess when I was in high school, most of the teachers were the coaches, and that's not the case now. So how do we help coaches who are just coming in off the fly from a full day's work, they don't really know the kids because they're not in school with them all day long. How do we help those coaches to become uh, the circle of protection that their players need? And also, I believe, just in game situations, as far as a kid making a bad play or missing an assignment of some sort, and he's being taken out, I believe the coach has a tremendous impact as far as how to communicate. Instead of maybe just not ignoring him and just go sit down. Okay, turn it around, flip side it, turn it into a little bit of humor and saying, hey, okay, you passed the, you know, one in the bleachers. Hey, that was probably one of the, you know, you just made someone in the bleachers happy. They got a ball to bring home or something like that. But just a simple flip side technique. All right, I was I was sharing with you guys earlier, okay, I've been to a, I, I'm still a high school sports fanatic. And I saw a kid get uh, taken out of a ball game. Okay, this is a basketball game. And it wasn't because he was playing bad. All right. It wasn't because he was playing bad. Okay. It was probably just to give him a breather. And this kid, all right, no doubt about it, was putting all kinds of pressure on himself, went behind the bench, the bleachers were closed, and he was banging his head against the bleachers. Okay. Just beating himself up physically, not just mentally. All right. And it had nothing to do with, you know, with the coach taking him out for any other particular reason couple things that I see when I go to, to, to basketball games, all right? And I, I, I can mention a couple of kids, all right, that I've seen. I love Trevor Rowe's demeanor on the, on, on, on the basketball court, okay? He actually cracks a smile. He's having some fun. He plays loose, all right? And I've seen some, some kids that, you know, have the game face on, and when they make a spectacular play, there's, there's no problem as far as celebrating that play. I saw a kid, Bishop Grimes played prep school from Rochester right before the holiday, and they ended up winning. It was a heck of a ball game. And there was this kid, I think, uh, Abernathy. I think it was Nader Nathan Abernathy. Mm-hmm. Six foot five, okay, strong kid. He went up, okay, made a tremendous play with a two-handed stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. this kid's got springs. All right, he can really jump two-handed stuff, brings it down, all right, not only blocks it, changes the possession, outlet pass, all right, to half court, one more pass for a layup, okay, that's two passes game, uh, for two points, all right, which are critical points, and finally, guess what we saw from Nathan? 
all right, mm-hmm. is, and there's nothing better, is an actual smile on his face, okay? Yeah. And we need more kids to have more smiles on their faces, enjoy the competition, but don't take it to heart. This is high school basketball, all right? Mm-hmm. These should be nothing but fond memories. I love the competition. I love being, you know, very competitive, but have more fun. When the yeah. going gets tough, the tough get loose, all right, and have more fun with it. Well, I wish we could spend more time, but unfortunately we're out. Um, but uh, if, you, if you do get a chance, check out Lisa's book, The Upside of Downs. Uh, it's, it's a great read. Uh, talks a lot. It's on Amazon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I think you could also get it at a, at a Barnes & Noble or someplace, wherever you get your books. Uh, it's a great, uh, a great book. Uh, talks a lot about mental health. And it goes even more into depth for what we've been talking about for the past exactly minutes. so um like i said i wish we had more time yeah. really i wish we had like a two-hour show um yeah, we'll come back yeah, yeah sure well, thank you very much for having us okay and thank really you guys for coming on the yeah yeah um it's definitely important especially in this day and age um lisa and rick thank you so much again for joining us uh what a what a great way to kick off 2023 uh here on players only so again awesome it's stuff that needs to be talked about it really does it just can't be ignored we'll be right back to finish up players only when we come back here on players only presented by point guard advisors on espn radio syracuse 97.7 and 100.1 this is players only a show about high school sports from high school students presented by point guard advisors find them at pointguardadvisors.com welcome back to players only presented by point guard advisors on espn radio syracuse 97.7 97.7 and 100.1. Uh, we don't really have a lot of time left because we had so much to talk about with uh, Rick and Lisa today uh, about mental health. But real quick, let's talk boys ice hockey. Um, and uh, I guess really the main story is now Division Two because we have a new leader mm-hmm. on top of the Division Two stats. It's not Corlin Homer. It's not Skinny Atlas. It's JDCBA. Yep. And How would you like this? They're nine and one so far, five one in division play. Uh, technically tied with Skinny Atlas, even though Skinny Atlas has played eleven games, they've lost three of them overall. But five and one in division play. Corlin Homer is now essentially in third at three and one in division play, uh, even though they have an eight one record. Wow, what happened in division two? Uh, JDCBA just went on a tear, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now not only that, they're leading division two in goals scored a game at 62. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Um, congrats to JDCBA so far. Question is, can they keep this up? Yeah. And, and, and that's the question I need to ask here. Can they keep this up? And I think they can. You look at the rest of their schedule. Um, they should be fine for at least a couple games. But you look at that Skinny Atlas game on the 12th. Um, yeah. That's really going to be their tester because, you know, that was their only loss of the season so far. A 4-0 shutout against Skinny Atlas. Only game this season they'd, they've been held scoreless. And um, 
you know, that really concerns me getting shut out by a really good mm-hmm. uh, team right there. I mean, again, beating Cortland Homer uh, earlier this past week in a 7-4 to four scoring battle, uh, that was uh, that was High fantastic. High scoring. High scoring. Yeah. 11 goals mm-hmm. combined. And now there's almost this triangle of these three teams where it's CBAJD beat Cortland Homer, but Cortland Homer beat Skinny Ellis in uh, overtime, and then Skinny Ellis, as we all know, uh, beat CBAJD. So it's like no one's really... Uh, mm-hmm cemented themselves as the top of this D2, uh, Division 2, and that's now where this end stretch is going to determine seeding because I think uh, Skinny Ellis probably has the best resume out of these three teams so far, but they also have three losses compared to the other teams uh, only having one because they've played a way tougher schedule. Uh, they lost to West Genesee as well as Baldwinsville, and those are teams that play D1 or at the top of D1. So right now, Skinny Ellis... I'd say they're probably number one in the power rankings. Like if mm. you had to do a power rankings, but uh, you look at those that CBA team, they're right behind the Quan Homer team. It's right behind. You can't even determine the order right now. I I I can't wait for the, I can't wait for the postseason now. I really can't with these three teams in Division Two. That might be a game I actually do play-by-play for on the NFHS network. The poor people have to seed these teams oh, yeah. into the playoffs. Oh, yes. They're just probably one of these teams pulls ahead of the mm-hmm. rest of the pack because as of right now, it'd be pretty much impossible to choose the right order. Right. And and Division One's no slouch either. Mm-hmm. Bowensville, by the way, is having a great year. Yeah, they've been really sneaky. Yeah, there were runners-up last year uh, in Division One. Uh, they're right now second place at 5-1 and one on the year. West Jenny is still unbeaten in divisional play, but they've only played four games. Yeah, their only loss um, of the season was actually a state championship game rematch against Suffer and losing right? by one goal. The Syracuse has made it, it made its way back. They're 3-8 and eight now on the year, 3-3 three and three, uh, in division play, so they would qualify mm-hmm. uh, for the postseason. Ontario Bay is still in the hunt. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good a lot of good teams out there in Division 1. Mm-hmm. Really a lot of good things. Yeah. Um, real quick, though, um, before we end the show today, um, we all know about what happened with uh, Demar Hamlin on Monday Night Football. Uh, he's doing a lot better now, um, and uh, today's is, is a huge day in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is it the last week of the regular season, but every single team is uh, uh, going to pay tribute to him at some point mm-hmm. uh, today. I know the atmosphere down in Buffalo is going to be humongous. Yeah, electric. Um. But I just want to read something here to, to close out the show today. Um, and it's called A Prayer. Um, so posted on Facebook the other day. Um, so let me just read it to you real quick and then we'll have to go. I saw it with my eyes, what I never thought I'd see. A Monday night affair that now lives on in infamy. A young man I have cheered for, motionless on the ground a sight that brought emotion to the stands and world round. His teammates saw what we saw, his family in the stands. We all were made to witness what had happened to this man. And in our shock, we found ourselves helpless as can be. Yet in that very moment, we were all brought to one knee. Suddenly the sadness turned to stale signs of faith when this young man's teammates joined together and they prayed. As they did, the fans joined in, and soon we all would see. Analysts and broadcasters were praying on TV. How can it be one tragedy could bring about such grace? The world would pause its hatred so that it could seek your face. So I too seek you, Lord, with fellow fans near and far. I pray you heal this world 
but ask you first to heal Damar. Mm-hmm. We love you, number three. Yep. Keep going strong. Everything for him. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Players Only presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1.